You are listening to The Secrets of Middle-Earth on sqpn.com, the StarQuest production network leading the way. This episode is brought to you by Bluehost. Create your own website or blog with a .com domain name for just $6.95 per month. Go to sqpn.com and click on the Bluehost banner for more information. And by the Amazon Store. Shop at Amazon by clicking on our Amazon link at sqpn.com and your purchase will help support our show. The battle for Middle-earth is about to begin. Where do you travel to find Middle-earth? Fight the shadows of Angmar. Who created the dwarves? I thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. Why are elves immortal? You will linger on in darkness and in doubt. It's nightfall in winter that comes without a star. What is the ultimate evil of Sauron? Join me on a quest for answers through the books, the movies, and the games that tell us the legendary adventures of hobbits, dwarves, men, and elves in Tolkien's Middle-earth. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Secrets of Middle-earth. And joining me today is Inga. Good morning. Good morning. Or good afternoon or good evening. Depends on where you are and what time it is in Middle Earth. Right now, it, I think it's morning in Middle Earth. Yeah, it is. Uh, bright, bright day doesn't rain. We're standing outside. If you if you recall, it's been a while since uh, we recorded an episode, but uh, we left you inside the mines of Moria, and it was in that room. What was the name again of that that space there in um, in in Moria? It's actually, it was a tomb, the Chamber of Mazarbu. The Chamber of Mazarbu. Yes, was it? Was that where the uh, um, the, the the orcs and the troll attacked uh, the fellowship? Yeah, it's. Uh, if you um, recall the book, at one point um, there's they are looking in, in they are in in Dwarodelf, which mm-hmm. is the common name for Kazadum, the, the the big big holes. Yes. And then th- that's um, in the game. It's called Twenty First Hole. And to the north there was a small room, and then they went into there and to see what was there. And then they found a book and a tomb of Balin, son of Fundin. I remember, yes. And that was kind of a, a diary of uh, their last moments before they yeah. got attacked. And then, of yeah. course, the Fellowship got attacked. It was kind of a, a, a log of the, the, the battle of the of the, of the, ve- the Vale here, the Dimril Dale, which was under attack by Azok, uh, an Ark, against the dwarves of Moria. Of the, yeah. Yes. And um, what what uh, what happened was that they eventually got defeated, and until that point, it wasn't really sh- uh, certain what happened to to Balin. So that lots of people were like, "Oh, it's awfully quiet there," but we don't know. We don't have any contact, and um, that in um, so they read that he is he is dead, and then one of the hobbits tips over something and which falls in a deep well, and that wakes wake awakens the. The, the orcs of Moria, and then they have to run for their lives to the exit. Right. And of course, then you have the famous sequence with uh, Gandalf in the Balrog. Absolutely. And so we we promised you last time that we would continue our exploration of Moria and also try to tell you something more about the background, the history of these mines, because of course, since they're mines, they're not natural 
you know, spaces. They, they have been created, uh, most of the mines and most of the uh, uh, mines of Moria, that is, by the dwarves. And so today we want to give you some more of the background information. And in order to do that, we traveled all the way to the east and actually left the mines of Moria. So currently, we're very close to the to the mines of Moria, but I'm standing out in the open. It's a it's a bright mo morning, actually. Uh, it's it's partially cloudy. It's kind of grayish the weather. Um, and if I turn to the right, I'm sitting on a goat, by the way, which I purchased from the dwarves, which makes uh, traveling inside the mines of Moria a lot easier than uh, by foot. And if I look to my left, I can see this imposing entrance to uh, the mines of Moria. Uh, it's beautifully crafted on the outside, uh, on, the, on the rock on the outside. And it, it's, it's even, it almost looks as if the, the porch itself, the, 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 the arc is, is kind of the, in, in the shape of the mustache of a, <laughs> of, of a bearded dwarf. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's on purpose and then you can see that there's a crown and stars and everything so um, this is clearly very ancient this this whole you know the, and it's still very beautiful it's still intact but yeah. not only do I see the entrance to the or to the eastern part of the mines of Moria but if I turn around I'm actually standing in front of this huge lake and in the in the on the, on the other side of the lake, I can see some, some mountains, very barren mountains, almost uh, no vegetation on it, just some, uh, some pine trees. And then to my right, I can see a tower there, which looks like um, some remains of a building or a fortress. I, I'm not sure what that is. It's actually, that's uh, Durin Stone. Durin Stone, okay. Yeah, and that we come to that uh, later. All right. But that's, that, that's, it's supposed to be the, the place where Durin's Durin students saw uh, the crown of stars into the, in the lake. Excellent. And well, let, saw let it me, as a sign. So let me talk let about the lake, because the lake is very peculiar. At first, it just looks like it's a very deep lake, because the water is very dark. It's almost unnaturally dark, because it's, you know, it's, it's morning, so there's a lot of sunlight, and the water shouldn't be this dark. However, if you look closer, and I'm going to walk up to the edge I hope I don't fall in. Is it dangerous to fall in? No. I can I, I can swim so. in there. So some some of these waters, uh, remember on the west side, <laughs> are very dangerous to swim in. Um, so let me just step into the water with my goat here for a second. There you go. And the the fascinating thing is that in the reflection of the lake, I can see part of the sky and part of the clouds but I can also see stars which doesn't make sense because we're in the morning it's it's morning it's daytime so what is the reason that I can see these stars is this a magical lake what can you tell me about that well it's not your ordinary lake it's uh, it's called the mirror mirror in in a common tongue and uh, the dwarves call it Keret, Keret Zaram mm -hmm. and um, this is the lake where uh, Durin that's the that's the, the the ancient father of the dwarves. Yes. Um, st uh, st yeah, arrived because that's the whole. If you recall, he is one of the seven uh, dwarf fathers mm -hmm. created by the Vala Ole. And yes. uh, after waking up, he wandered to, through the wilderness, and eventually um, came here, and saw saw this lake. And because he could see the stars reflected in the surface, 
He called it Kelet uh, Zaram, the hallowed lake of Kelet Zaram by the dwarves, and yeah, that's which is the mirror mayor, so it's like a mirror. But so according, you know, by calling it a hallowed lake, it's almost as if it has some kind of a sacred status. It's it's. Uh, is there a like a, a deeper meaning to this reflection? Does Tolkien explain anything about why we see the stars in this lake, or is it just because it's, I don't know, it's Middle Earth and some some places are special? Uh, well, the, the the big deal with this lake is that uh, Durin stood here, saw this lake, saw the stars reflected at daytime in the surface, mm-hmm. and he took that as a sign. And because of he he oh. saw the the, the uh, Durin's crown, so the, the the crown of stars, he saw yes. that in a lake. And that's also the cr- the stars you see in, in his, his crest. And also in the same stars you see in the, on the top of the entrance of Moria. And <clears> and that's the, that's the connection to the lake. So but he saw that, that, that um, constellation in the lake. How did he interpret that sign? What did it mean to him? Was it kind of like a promise for the future or had, had it to do with, you know, his own regal status or something like that? Well, he he saw he stood he stood here and he looked uh, at at the lake and he saw those three uh, big uh, mountains. So the Ziraxi mm-hmm. Hills, uh, the uh, the Red Horn. Is that the, the the mountains that we're currently looking at on the yeah, left? Yeah, so that, that's what we're, that's on the surface. Uh, that's uh, on top of Moria. Okay. And that's also when you see uh, a, a depiction of Durin's crest. There are there's this crown of stars, but also yes. the three mountains of Moria. And um, yeah, he looked at it and he said he thought well. I need to to found a great city here, and that's when when I started digging in the in the heart of the Misty Mountains. Okay, so and that was all because of you know the stars in the water actually were like this is a special place. I need to be here. I need to build an empire here. Yeah, that's as far as I know. Of. Um, it's, it, yeah. it's too bad that Laura is not here because she does know a lot of more details. But yeah, she might be traveling elsewhere in uh, Middle Earth. We hope that she might join us uh, either for this episode, but she will certainly join us in future episodes. But uh, we'll ask her when we uh, when we meet her. I'm, I'm looking at these mountains actually in the distance. The three here on well, it's a bit on my left. It's kind of in the north west, just above the waterfall. I can see two mountains, and then on the left there's another one. And on top of that mountain, I can see an, a construction. It looks like a building. Is that like a crown? Is that what you were referring to? Or? So yeah, if you see the entrance, as you, if you write back to the entrance, you were mentioning that uh, the entrance, so the archway, looks like like a, a big moustache. Yes. But that's actually only part of the carving. So the if you look, if you write back to the entrance of Moria, yeah, you can see that. The f- there's indeed a face of a, of, of a dwarf, mm-hmm. and on, on, on top of that, there's this kind of yeah, branches of, of, of like like looks a little bit like uh, like like something that's growing. Yes, and it's then almost... you see this this big crown, Durin's crown, exactly. and, and those seven stars with a big star in the center. I I can see that, um, but if you look to the mountain, I don't know if you can see that, but there is a mountain beyond that in yeah, the distance. Yeah, that, that would be the uh, the Red Horn. That's the Redhorn Mountain, and and so I can see construction on top of that mountain. Is that is that a building that we know? Is that? Um... Well, I don't know. I can I cannot see it. Okay. Right now. Okay. So, but. Uh, well, yeah, my, my dwarven eyes are. It's just part of. Uh, are, are probably. No, later, I was later. I, I was later. wondering if this could be the building that we see um, during the fight between the Balrog and Gandalf, because at one point I remember in the. Th- 
in the is it in the extended version of the third movie? There we see this. No, it's actually in the extended version of the second movie. You see this fight between the Balrog and then the Balrog and Gandalf, or the I think the Balrog just flies up and takes Gandalf with him, and then they're kind of above the mountains. And you can see, I think, some kind of a fortress on top of that mountain. And, and I was wondering if this was the one. It could very well be the, the top of the Endless Stair. So they were... They That's were what the I'm thinking. Of, so if they fell first, they fell down. Yes, yes. And then there's this to the deeps, to, to the, the deeps of Moria. And there's this Endless Stair that goes up and up and up. And it, it, it ends at the Xeraxigil, so the Silver Load. I think that's what we're looking at, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if that was... Because it's the highest peak of the of of the mount it's the, like the 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 highest point here in the area um and it's definitely it it looks like uh, what we saw in the in the movie but anyway tell me about the the area that we are currently um perhaps we should um just go to that spire or that tower in the distance I'm gonna let my you, you mean uh during stone yes yeah, we, we can, can do that. Can, it's a, uh, if you can see, it's a little bit damaged because, of course, it is. Uh, Dur Durin is uh, one of the dwarf fathers, so um, I don't know how, how many people uh, recently listened to the, one of the oldest uh, episodes of our podcast, but there you, you explained about the, uh, the how Aule created the dwarves mm -hmm. and that they were actually born before the, the elves were created. Yes. And then they were, were hidden and then... Um, at one point in the years of trees, and uh, Durin awoke and uh, at Mount Gundabad, and, and then he, what I just told, he he, he strolled to, uh, through the wilderness, mm -hmm. and then um, arrived here at this point, and um, and because of this 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 importance for 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 the Casadum, they erected this this memorial. Okay, so it's kind here. Of, yes, right. So it's to just to mark the significance. Yeah. Of this, uh, of this place, yeah. and it's just a big marble tower in kind of red, kind of pink stone, and the whole area here is overtaken by orcs. And uh, fortunately, they're not attacking us. But there is a an orc camp, uh, just almost under, right underneath the the spire here, and they they created a fire, as you can hear, and uh, some. Pretty menacing-looking orcs are uh, are patrolling the area, uh, but they don't seem to notice us. So this this spire is very very ancient uh, architecture. It's from the first I age. Suppose. Yes, probably, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that it's still there. Um, yeah, it's barely there. So do you you see also bits and pieces lying around, scattered around the place. True. Everywhere. So it's. Uh, d definitely falling apart slowly. It looks as if there is even something carved out. On the other side, I'm trying to get closer. The orcs constructed some something else here, like part of their camp or a storage area. And I am now I'm looking at the other side of the spire. I have to be careful not to step into the fall into the water. And actually, the spire kind of looks like a dwarf because I can see. Do you see the the beard here? Yeah, it's a huge braided beard. So uh... it's a beautiful beard. Yeah. Way, way more beautiful than than my dwarf's beard, and I think that the head actually is uh, has fallen off or is partially destroyed. Yeah, you see some some part of the mustache, yes. and the nose, and then the rest is gone. And some some arms, but uh, parts of it are are missing. So I suppose that this 
actually resembles uh, the uh, what's his name Durin. Durin, Durin, yeah. And, and this this place is also mentioned when uh, the the fellowship is uh, after all the hardship it has uh, reached the, this dale. Yes. And then they um, the one of the dwarves I think is Gimli. Mm -hmm. He um, he he wants to uh, to sit here and, and and watch in the lake because for all the, all the dwarves and especially for the longbeards because Durin is the father of the longbeards. Um, this is a very yeah special place and so he wanted to sit here and um, yeah watch uh, watch Durin's stone. Well, so that's, it's that's a, also mentioned in the in the Lord of the Rings. It's a sacred place for all the dwarves, I suppose, and uh, and and in a way, if you look in the lake, it's almost as if you look back in history, and 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 it's a kind of a reflection, I think, of the of of the most ancient history of the dwarves. So that must be very special for dwarves to uh, to be here. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I think it's also a little bit that and uh, the idea that this this is the first father of the dwarves. And you're standing on the exact same location where he stood yeah. and see, see the same things he saw. It's kind of a place of pilgrimage. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in a way, Durin so. almost is, is kind of an archetype similar to, let's say, Abraham in the Bible. Uh, and, and incidentally, of course, we know that in the story of Abraham, there's also mention of stars. And, and water, because Abraham is at, uh, was, wasn't he brought to the beach? And then uh, he has no children, and God tells him to look at the stars in the sky and tells him, you know, just try to count the stars. That's how many, off how much offspring I'll, I will give you. And so I, I always imagined that scene that we read about in the Bible almost as if, you know, like, like what Durin must have experienced here. You know, he looks at, of course, for him, the sign of seeing the stars perhaps had a different meaning, but... Uh, there are some striking similarities here, uh, I think, between uh, the story of Abraham and his calling, and then the calling that Durin received here at the foot of the lake. Yeah, and also um, there's seven dwarf fathers, so we l know a lot about Durin, but not not a lot about his six other dwar dwarfs. Okay. Dwarf fathers, but I read one of uh, one theory that um, it might actually be that there are s uh, seven pairs of dwarf. So the Durin and a spouse, and okay. uh, uh, the dwarves and a spouse. Yeah. And Durin would be the only um, dwarf which didn't have a spouse. So mm -hmm. you, then, you, if you would count every everything in total, you would have thirteen dwarves. And coincidentally, I don't know if that's that's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. There are also thirteen dwarves uh, in the party with with Bilbo. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's the, uh, the number of thirteen has a coincidence, or and I don't even know how. Mm -hmm. um, Common of how I accepted this theory of the uh, six other dwarves uh, having a spouse, if, except for Durin, who would be celibate or something mm -hmm. like that. Interesting, interesting. Well, there are some inscriptions here at the foot of the of the stone, but I imagine that these are uh, uh, inscriptions in the old dwarven language, which almost yeah. nobody knows how to decipher. You're a dwarf. Yes, but uh, I never was very strong with languages. Uh, that's <laughs> that, that's okay for for elves, but uh, I'd rather just go outside and kill something. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, we might actually want to get out of here before we get killed ourselves by uh, by these nasty-looking orcs. Is there anything else that we need to uh, uh, look at here in the area before we enter the mines of Moria again? Yeah, well, there's there's a reason those those orcs are here. Okay. Because um, at one point, um, 
there was this Battle of the Mines of Moria in, in the Third Age. Yes. In uh, the year 2799 of the Third Age. And um, before the battle, there was this dwarf king who had been murdered by Azog the Goblin in Moria. And the, the name of this king was Tror. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the dwarves were furious. So they, they called in all the armies and they, they wanted to revenge uh, Azog. And then they uh, wandered around the Misty Mountains and systematically started to destruct all the orcs they found. And then they came um, back to Moria and then they defeated uh, Azog in Moria itself. And um, uh, Azog was killed on the, on the steps of Moria by Dying Ironfoot. And I don't know if you, if that name ring, rings a bell? Yeah, vaguely. That's the herd of Thorin Oakenshield who is the one of the dwarves in the company with uh, Bilbo, so that's... Oh, interesting. So this, 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 this all happens at the Battle of Nan, Nanduherion, so that's how the dwarves of the elves call uh, this valley. This all takes place after the fall of Moria, because uh, the fall of Moria was uh, yeah, way before, with, when they dug too deep and awakened the Balrog, and, yes. and then everything went uh, south. That that is a very uh, fascinating story, and actually, in in the game, uh, Lotro, there's an instance that you can go through where you will l- l- actually uh, experience what happens there. Where I remember being in this big uh, throne room, almost, and and you have a conversation, and then you go actually inside the mine to try to look for Mithril, I think. Yes. And there is a, a delegation of elves that also comes along, and then all of a sudden. They dig deep, too deep, and then you see this huge flaming Balrog in front of you, and who starts to run after you? <laughs> and then, basically, the, the 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 head dwarf. Now I always forget who that is. I think that was Durin the fifth. Okay, it's one of the uh, descendants of Durin. He actually sacrifices himself to uh, to keep the Balrog at bay, so that you and the uh, the elves can can run away. Uh, and I just. I thought it was an amazing instance. It was just such a such a thrill to go back in time and to live through that story. And the way that they narrate it is that you actually you meet a dwarf near the twenty first hall, and he tells that story. And apparently, his narrative skills are so good that uh, you know it it just becomes a reality inside your mind. And uh, I, I thought it was a really really nice instance. Yes. It's also f- f- very fun to see how Moria looked at its at its height, at its peak, because if you go into Moria right now, everything is yeah torn down, crumbling down. Yes. It's not not the, spl- the splendor of the old days are gone, mm-hmm. and yeah, live, living through that kind of stories yeah makes it look better again. Oh yeah, I, I mean in the in, in those times it was just majestic and splendid, and you can imagine that Gimli, when he entered the mines with Gandalf and with the Fellowship what a shock it must have been, you know, knowing all these stories about the glory times of Moria and then seeing the devastation and uh, total abandonment of, of what once was the pride of, of all the dwarves must have been disheartening. But yeah, uh, Especially because uh, Moria was the, yeah, the peak. It was the, uh, everybody in the whole world knew about it. it was of just, course. Just, it's where the, all yeah, the wealth the pride, came the from. The pride of the dwarves. And of then course. If the, if you are, yeah, your heart is cut out, that that really hurts, of course, because because basically that's happened when you, when you lose Moria, when a dwarf lost Moria, they lost basically their heart because that was where their pride was. Yes, 
Yes, indeed, and it's uh, their their self esteem is very much uh, linked to um, uh, well their possessions and their you know their history, and and so it's uh, yeah it's painful. Hey, I um I just noticed that Laura is actually um, uh, not far from where we are, and I don't know if you can see her online in your kinship already. But, no, I haven't uh, seen her. Uh... Okay, but she, she, I can see her here on the computer, and so um, I wonder how I can get her into our... You know what? If you can show me the way to uh, the entrance, I will just follow you, and in the meantime, I'll, uh, I'll try to get Laura yeah. uh, on Yeah, just follow, follow me, online. and I will... Uh, Hold on, don't wrap. go too fast, because I need to tell my goat to follow you. Okay, go ahead. And then I'll try to message Laura here for a second. I'm glad that the orcs leave us alone because it's... Uh, <laughs> I've been here before and it was a dangerous area at the time. But I, I guess that uh, over time my skills with the axe have uh, increased... Yeah, you're just fearsome looking. That's that's just uh, yeah. My beard is also my, my beard is rougher than it used to be, so perhaps that scares them. <laughs> and uh, we're we're now approaching the entrance, and I love these big staircases, and you can find them all over Moria. Um, and Laura just to, uh, messaged me that she is going actually to uh, join us in the game, so I'll. Uh, I'll get her uh, in our company as soon. And in the meantime, let's take a look at this imposing entrance here. I'm trying to look at it, but uh, for some reason I keep staring at the, 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 the bottom of my goat, to put it mildly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the goat blocks my view of the entrance. I wonder why that is. Normally I can always zoom in, but now I can't. Oh well. Yeah, this, um, is, this is the place where uh, this, the hair of, of Thorin Oakenshield he was only 32 at, a point, at, at that moment. And he, he slew that, 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 uh, that goblin, um, Azok. And in, if you, um, in, in this story, when in the time where we are currently, so we are just following in the wake of the Fellowship, there's a new uh, uh, yeah, orc um, group yeah, rising in, in Moria. And also, one of their leaders claims he's the heir of Azok. And he's called Mazok, so and okay. so that's this little bit the, the reference back to this story. So if you hear orcs referring to Mazok, that's because of this this big fight I just talked about. I see. Well, we see a few statues of dwarves here at the entrance. Uh, two of them are carrying the pillars uh, yes. of the main entrance, and then there are two big statues of pretty fearsome-looking dwarves here. Uh, one is partially hidden by a tree, actually. I guess the tree wasn't there when they constructed the uh, the entrance, um, and both of them look different. One is one is holding a sword in his hands, or is it a sword? No, it's a hammer, a big hammer. And then the other one is just standing there, um, keeping watch over the entrance. I'm always amazed if I, of course, I'm an elf, I'm tall, but if I am in am in in some dwarven mansion, then everything is so huge, even for elf perspective yes so that that's always what, what what's amazes me also if you look in, through the entrance there's this big 
first hall where you're looking at. Yeah. And there's this this row of pillars with, with dwarves holding the, the lamps, so they are crystal lamps, and uh, suspended at a rope or a chain. Yes. And they are held held by dwarf uh, statues. And this it's just uh, yeah very very different from elven architecture. Very square. How do you say it's that? Square, very symmetrical, and dwarves just like to use their own image. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of their. Uh, personality problem because of course they never really counted for for you know they weren't supposed to be there if it hadn't been for the disobedience uh, at the beginning of time then the, the dwarves you know they would have never been there they were not planned and so perhaps that is why they keep just making images of themselves and putting up statues just to reassure themselves that well they are a great people and they are important and they are there <laughs> some constant affirmation of uh, of themselves. Yeah, that's also something I like very much about uh, Tolkien's writings uh, because this is whole creation and um the uh the gods how how do you say that the um the, the leader so the the one who created everything, Luvatar. Yeah. Um he had a plan for everything and the dwarves were not not a part of the plan and someone got a disobedient but it was not uh, that so the, their creation was not wrong it, it, it was not not wanted and evil mm -hmm. but it became part of the plan so Iluvatar is kind of flexible and yeah, I like I like that idea, idea because uh, often you hear if it's something is not part of, of the divine plan it's it's evil or wrong but not in this case so yeah that's that's something yeah that's kind of um, how do you say that it, it's 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 um, it makes me feel better about well, if if things are not in the plan, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Right, right. Well, it, that's kind of what I like about the stories that that you know Iluvatar just made it work, and he just changed his plans despite the disobedience and everything. So uh, I gather that sound means that you have found Laura. She's she's actually yeah, La already Laura online. Laura found us, so she's okay. coming our way. Very well, and I'm going to. Uh, get her on the call as well so we can hear her so let me see if I can do that right away and then we can probably explore a little bit of Moria but not too much of it because um, we don't have that much time uh, we've, we've also scheduled a recording of the secrets of the Hobbit which is our other Tolkien themed show and uh, of course I, uh, I, I also want to take some time to talk about the the Hobbit and uh, by the way all our listeners might already be listening to The Secrets of the Hobbit. If, if you don't, well, you should, because, of course, we talk about the movie, about um, this incredible production that is underway, and uh, as well as about the story itself and about the, the inspiration uh, that of Tolkien to, um, uh, you know, what, what led him to write the story the way it is written and how... Uh, uh, Peter Jackson is actually adding backstory to flesh it out and to uh, actually turn the story into something more epic than the original children's tale. So check that out on sqpn.com or just uh, look for uh, Secrets of the Hobbit. Laura, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you all right. Hello, right. Laura. Glad, Hello. You, glad you could join us. Yeah, I had a little trouble getting into Middle Earth, but I'm here now. Fantastic. We are standing at the eastern side of uh, the Mines of Moria, near the first hall. I don't know if you can travel there. Um, I'll try to get there as soon as I can. Okay, in the meantime, we are entering 
the first hall and we'll wait for you there. So I'm, uh, okay. I'm now inside Moria. In wow. This ominous sounds. Ominous uh, music and everything. Sometimes you can hear the dwarves sing deep inside the mines. Because yeah. despite the fact that the mines of Moria are uh, just a shadow of their formal, former glory, there are still groups of, of dwarves deep inside the mines that, uh, mm -hmm. that are still working there. While you were outside the uh, eastern gate, did you look into the mirror mirror? Yes, we you did. See the stars? We did. And we yes, talked about isn't, isn't that. Isn't that amazing? The ancient spire. It was fantastic. And we were wondering from the outside, if you look towards the eastern entrance, you see actually a big mountain. And on top of it, there seems to be a, a building or a castle or a construction. And we were thinking, could that be the top of the endless stairs? Do you know that? Yes. Yep, that would be the top of the endless stair. That's kind where, of what uh, we, uh, Gandalf what we thought fought with uh, the Balrog. Fantastic. I've got an idea. Yes. Why don't we find the bottom of the endless stairs um, in the deeps, in the depths of Moria, and uh, see? Uh, maybe we can find some traces of the big fight that happened there. Oh, that would be great. With Gandalf and the Balrog. Yes. So um, I don't know where to go, but uh, uh, if I you do. lead the way, <laughs> I can. Uh, and I think that Laura can join us there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, I'll so just I, catch up. With I you. guess we need to go to the foundations of stone. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So let me let us first go though to that uh, very special bridge, bridge of Kazadoo. Let's go that because we are very close to that. Okay. Because that's a very special bridge that was so constructed over over a big abyss that mm -hmm. uh, the opposing force that would try to t take over Kazadoo could only go over there in single file. So. And of course, that that makes you incredibly vulnerable. So that's the defense mechanism. Right. Hey, where are you right now? Are you still at the entrance? Uh, I'm uh, in the first hole. Yeah, but I can't so. see you. <laughs> can you can you uh, move oh, your go to where to I'm standing? I just went straight on to to, to, to the second hole, so I will ride back. Okay. Well, oh, I'm getting confused because I I can see two. Uh, green patches on the radar because Laura is also somewhere in the neighborhood. So I'm I don't know what I'm who I'm actually moving towards. Okay, there you are, I can see you. The other thing I wanted to say is um, the tower that's at the top of the endless stairs called Durin's Tower. Durin's Tower, okay, we were wondering about that. Fantastic. I wonder if, you could, could go, uh, if we can reach that, probably not. I don't know, but lead the way, uh, Inge, and I will follow, and in the meantime, I'll try to describe what we're looking at. We're, we're actually driving through a huge corridor, and I love the way that the dwarves used uh, certain crystals, like l luminescent crystals, to actually yeah. light the uh, the hallway. Uh, of course, you could use fire, but then you'd have to go and replenish all these oil lamps every time. Uh, so this is a much more efficient way to uh, bring yeah. light the colors, in the darkness. And the colors are here gray and, and kind of pinkish marble. Yes. Kind of more nice combination. Now, I think so, we're, we're entering a big open space here. I cannot yeah. see the ceiling, but I, I imagine that we're in some kind of a big cave or something like that. Yeah, oh. this is actually uh, Nutmelak, so which is the second hole. Yes. And so if you go here, just straight on, so this, we enter the bridge of Kazadum. So oh, yes, this is the eastern extremely arc. Extremely careful here because it's very default. Let me describe what I'm looking at. And there is an orc 
who is seems to be very interested in my goat for some reason. Um, but it's not for sale. Maybe a nice meal? Uh, could be. So, I, in the very far, faintly in the distance, I can see huge pillars with uh, protrusions that almost look like roots or, or snakes that yeah. uh, move Like trees upwards. upside down. Yeah, almost as if uh, they, they uh, planted tr- big stone trees there and they carry the ceiling of this uh, tremendous cave. I'm, I'm actually standing with my goat on uh, some kind of pavement. Again, beautiful geometrical patterns in uh, different colors of rock. And then at my feet here is a huge abyss. Um, and uh, the only thing that g- moves, goes forward is this stone bridge, this arc. And it's, it's very small so or narrow. And I'm now slowly moving towards you. You're standing at the very end because here it's broken, broken off. Yeah, the, the middle part is uh, what we are going to find in a, in a bit. Oh my so goodness. it lies down below in the, in the foundations of stone. And I'm looking down and I can't even see the bottom. That's how deep it is here. And it's just this gray brownish mist that uh, completely uh, covers the, the depths here. And then on the other side of the bridge, um, there is a faint light in the distance. I don't know exactly what that is. Might be another crystal. And... Um, and there is, of course, the other connecting part of the bridge um, and some kind of a platform there. Um, and you can tell that, you know, in the past, this was just a very nice, beautiful area. But now it looks so ominous and so dangerous. Yeah. Um, so the bridge so is, is broken the bridge because of... This is what I just uh, explained. Uh, this is where the fight took place, right? Yeah. Between yeah. the Balrog and Gandalf. The uh, you shall yeah. not pass. Yeah, exactly. That's that what, that's exactly what uh, what here. They of course, the fellowship was standing at the other side, and that they are the last people on on this on, on, on in Middle Earth that ever crossed crossed the bridge because after that the middle part uh, gave away, collapsed, and uh, fell into into the foundations of stone with with the Balrog and Gandalf uh, together with it. All right. So, so this is this famous part. In the movie where Gandalf, the last thing you hear him say is, run fools. Yes. Yeah. And then we all think it's the end of Gandalf. Uh, well, it was the end of Gandalf. Uh, in a certain way, of Gandalf the Grey, that is. Yes. It's hey, but how do we get to the bottom of this? I mean, I can jump, but I'm not sure that, that uh, my goat will like that. I, w- I, would, I would advise against that. So we can go back okay. very quick, very carefully. Don't fall off this very narrow... Uh, Stone bridge. Well, and it's so dark that I can hardly see where I'm going. <laughs> okay. Can I, I just wanted to uh, interject something here. Sure. Um, Gandalf, as as he's dropping from the bridge or just barely holding on to the bridge in the movie, he says he says something interesting. He says, "Fly, you fools." He doesn't say run. Oh. And um, there's there's the great debate among Tolkien nerds about whether Balrogs have wings or not. Yes. <laughs> and one of the reason why people think that Balrogs have wings is because Tolkien uses the word run, uh, fly to mean run a lot. And so, you know, there's references to the Balrogs flying, but he's really meaning running. Mm. So, and, and the other reason why Balrogs really can't have wings is because they're always falling off something to their deaths. You know, for instance, falling off the bridge here. If if it had wings, it would just fly. 
so or or falling off the the peak of the mountain you know it would just fly so so there there's that confusion there um he gandalf is actually saying fly you fools when he means run but of course it could also be that that in a way in, in in terms of balrog evolution that the original balrog would have had wings but since he never had to use them you know they're no longer functional they're just it's like I don't know, like that chickens. Chickens have wings, but they never—they can't fly, right? So it's yeah, right. But these, penguins, these, penguins have wings. <laughs> penguins have wings, yes. But these Balrogs are actually the original Balrogs from the first age. That's they true. Don't they don't, they haven't because evolved. Because they're spirits, basically. True. Kind true. of like Gandalf is, too. They're not like dragons or something that no. did evolve. So they can I basically guess, take I, on any shape. Uh, or at least, well, they took this shape, but it's it's yeah, like their I, essence is spiritual. It seems like they're kind of locked into this shape. It seems like they don't change shapes. And I'm not sure exactly how that works. Me neither. But, <laughs> but it, you know, if you ever want to start a debate on any of the Tolkien forums, just say Balrogs definitely have wings. So <laughs> <all my> answers. <laughs> kind of that'll, keep you, that'll keep you occupied for a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> We've managed to reach the other side, I think, of the, of the, yes. of the bridge. And I can see the platform that we were looking at uh, previously. And the place is crawling with these nasty animals and a few orcs, but also these pretty chunky... What are these? They look like toads or... They are deep claws. Deep claws. Yeah, big cave claws. So for some reason, that's also what you see in a deep ocean. If you put animals away in a very dark place for a long enough time, they, they grow, they get huge. Mm-hmm. And just that's also what happened to these uh, creatures. Normally cave claws are tiny, but these are kind of almost man-sized. Okay, just keep leading the way because I uh, I don't know where to go. So it's, it's confusing around here. One thing you'll notice too is that the eastern side is much more ornate than the western side. I, I don't know if you talked about that oh, at all, but the eastern is side is much older than the western side oh. and the eastern side is it, it was the habitable part of moria you know if you remember on the western side it's more just looks like natural cave because that's they basically just made a passage to the western side when the, when the elves moved in to Aregnan. and the, the eastern side was where the the dwarves mainly lived and the and the first hall is very beautiful with these big pillars and they look like trees, and the elves, the elves of Lothlorien, also help them beautify Moria. So it's not just the dwarf—it's not just dwarvish decorations. We find some elvish influences here too. Interesting. So I'm trying to find Father back. We we need to go over a small wooden. Yeah, bridge. but that's that's up north, right? I was following you south, but I don't think you can cross there. You need to go. All no, the way I, I forgot about the bridge. So there's another big chasm with yes. lava. So if you go look down, you see boiling lava. And um, to the very northern part of this this lava stream, there's this uh, small, very scary-looking bridge. I always think it will collapse under me when I go over it. But mm-hmm. oh, I see Father again. Yeah, I think I remember where it is. Uh, oh, there you are. Is? Hello. Wait. Let me get off my stable goat. Let's see if I can find it both of you because now I'm again lost. Uh, and the, the bridge is right up. The bridge you're looking for I think is right behind me. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Father to... Uh... Okay, I think I, I found it. It's, it's confusing. It's very uh, dark in here. 
I already have a hard time finding my way through Moria when I'm by myself, let alone if I'm trying to follow <laughs> two speedy elves here. Uh, well, Laura Wait, is, is not a speedy because she doesn't you? have a goat. So I I have a slow goat. A slow so goat. I'm taking okay. a slow goat through Moria. <laughs> That's fine. Well, any goat will do. So, oh, here is the bridge that you, you were talking about, and it's eerily lit from below by the, uh, the the orange color of the lava. And I suppose that this is also. It's actually it's weird. It's a it's a wooden bridge, and you think that that might not be the best material to construct yeah, a bridge actually, that, 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 exactly that, thinking, yeah. that uh, spans, you know, a lava chasm. <laughs> so we're, It we're, must be just a temporary bridge. It's, it's something by uh, the orcs. Because the other bridge is down. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's probably built by the orcs. It looks like an orc bridge. They're not the best builders. So we're in the second hall now. Um, and this, I have no idea what this actually, you know, is supposed to supposed to have been in the past it's just a huge hallway with um, uh, with water uh, I, I don't know if this is like planned uh, or whether they use this to cool down I don't know metal that they forged or I think it was these were forges but I'm not sure Laura do you know what those things are just pillars well, do do? I, I don't know I don't know I just uh, you know they look elvish to me yes you know, talking about that elvish influence because of the, the elegant, you know, uh, almost organic forms, it's very un-dwarvish. Mm -hmm. um, but but I was, there's I was also these giant statues of dwarves. Yeah. Yes. See the same kind of branch-like structures uh, in, in, in the, in the, uh, on the top of the east gate. You know where the... Where the yes, the, indeed. The relief was of, of Durin, so the same kind of branches. And uh, Tolkien writes about it. It's being depicted in the chapter, which is called the Bridge of Casadum in the, in, the, in the book. It's basically, uh, yeah. If you if you read that, that chapter, then that's basically this is what you have in mind. Mm -hmm. I'm also wondering about the water here in these. You hear the water? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, and there's some rats in the water. But if you look closely at the pavement, it's almost as if this was done on purpose, this water. So I don't know if this used to be some kind of uh, irrigation, although why would you need irrigation in the mines? But almost as if these water conduits were uh, created on purpose. And perhaps they were part of some kind of canal system that the, the dwarves built to, I don't know, perhaps for transportation, why not? I mean, we in Amsterdam, we've got the canals and they were used for, you know, to bring, to use ships uh, or boats to, to transport material. Perhaps they use this also for transportation of precious metals and precious yeah, stuff. Maybe or storage, storage of drinking water, I don't know. I don't know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. We need to or go. maybe they just like to go for swims. <laughs> Dwarves and swimming, no thank you. <laughs> Our beards would get entangled and <laughs> it would be a disaster like, like you yeah, care, care about your beard it, it almost they almost look decorative to me as they're like reflecting pools or something like Could that be. but, but who be. knows okay so we're, we're in a different part uh now we're approaching the foundations of stone and there are endless stairs and platforms here yeah this is kind of confusing to navigate because there are all kinds of platforms and then there's a stairs downstairs and then slopes 
Yes. So I'm trying to remember which way to go, but I think this is where we need to go. I do know that we have to go down. That is something I'm certain of. And then in the distance, I can see the ceiling of a definitely a natural cave. So uh, yeah. parts of, of, of Moria, of course, were um, constructed by the dwarves, but they also used natural caves and, and just built their structures inside those big caves. Still, no, it's not, this is not where we need to be. Okay, I remember that there was also an area with lots of spiders and of just a very dangerous area. This bridge on which we are standing is also. Uh, oh, I think it must be this way. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're yeah. Moria here. is just lots of winding passages, and some of that must have been to uh, confuse the enemies because they were always being beset by orcs. So in case some orcs would get in here, which now the place is full of orcs. Yeah, but I just went that way. That's a dead, dead, dead end. Is that a dead end? Oh, yeah, I remember this. But there is... It's actually... Yes. So what no, I, but it's, it's not far from here. There's you you just if jump. You, if you go da uh, back, then I there's a bridge underneath you, and I just drop, jump on, on top of that. I think it's this way. I think I found it. Oh, yes. I'm going down a tunnel here. And there are, fortunately, there are lots of uh, of luminescent crystals that. Uh, yeah, that that's the principal way they lit up uh, Moria, and, yeah. and Moria um, was actually founded before the sun and the moon. Really? So, yes, still, still in the years of trees. Yes. Oh no. Still years I, of trees. I thought I I was here, but this is book book. Butkul Deken or something like that. Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, it's kind of a, a terrace. And you can look over the, the red wing loads <gasps> there. Wow, I've got an amazing view from here. Yeah. Oh, look at that. All yeah. these, 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 and it's almost like a painting with the, the gray haze or mist in the distance. And then you, yeah. you can see parts where the stalactites and the stalactites touch each, each other. And, and I, there are lots of bridges and, and yeah. lights in yeah, the distance so that below. This would have confused any orc that came in here, they would have gotten lost and it confuses this dwarf. Right to begin with, so. <laughs> yeah. True. I think uh, I I remember now. But this is very, very confusing. But because in, in Moria you don't have to you, if you have a map, that's not much of a use because no. there are uh, different levels. Well and then the, the maps mm -hmm. are usually pretty vague and uh, clearly made for dwarves that know exactly where to go. Um, and so they give you a, like a general indication of where you are, but uh, actually not enough detail. This so, is um, I just jumped down. Oh, great. <laughs> At one point, uh, if you... Uh, uh, um, I will stand here. But if, if you uh, leave that where you just were, and then if you look down, there's, there's a, low, a lower level um, pathway, and I just usually uh, jump down. I know there's a way to officially go there, but it's just too confusing for me. So. Yes, um. I don't even know where I where I am right now. I'm looking well, at the map, and. Yeah, jump. There's a bridge behind you. Yes. I just jumped off that bridge to the lower level. I think that's what Ingo was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to not make a mistake where he, I get stuck and I can't find you guys. 
Um, so I'm on a bridge right here. Yep, and... you're right above me. Oh, yes, I can see you. Here we yeah. go. Oh, ouch. I think my goat, my goat didn't like that. <laughs> They're pretty sturdy animals, though. Okay, where, yeah. where do we go now? We move forward. Um, this is cheating, is this? Because, uh... I've got... You need, uh, you need to find some stairs that goes down. And, uh, my goat has invisible wings, actually. And so yeah. There's a big debate going on whether goats have wings. But mine, mine has. <laughs> so. If you want to start a conversation with dwarfs, just say that goats have wings. There you go. <laughs> if they've had enough alcohol, then that will be a very interesting uh, debate. Yeah. Oh, oh here's I another orc camp, but... Uh, let me I see. It's somewhere here. I think we're stuck again. No, we, yeah, we... Uh, we need to go south. Well, this is what happens when you let dwarves loose in underground oh, for thousands and thousands of years. They just dig and dig and dig. Yes. Well, look at that. We are looking at the endless stair. Wait a minute. I I'm, I'm not looking at anything. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm trying to... Yes, that is the endless move stair. Move down. Oh, okay. I think I need to go around this construction here. I'm on a ledge again. Holy moly. I'll, I'll, where, go, I'll go back Where am I? <laughs> oh, I'm just where, where I used can, to can be. cannot find his way around Moria. That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, I can see you. Show me where to go. I'm just following the elves. Because of course the elves are so good at navigating. Really Sorry. nothing to worry about. Okay, I'm going down this steep hill. Okay, wh what am I looking at? <gasps> wow, look at that! <gasps> That's the end of the I've that never seen this stair. before. Holy moly, it's a big uh, construction. It's, it, it looks like a, a huge gray stone pillar, and the stair is actually circling around it. It's like this big... Ooh, how would you, how would you say it's like the inside of a shell? You know when you have these um, uh, slugs, they sometimes create on the inside of their of their home of their house. They create this this kind of spiral structure, and that's what it looks like. And so this staircase starts at the bottom. Yeah, the of deepest the bottom of the of the of Doom, and it goes goes all the way, way up, to and the the, top. You just we outside we just saw the top of it. It looks amazing. So, can we go to the bottom? Can we can we get onto those stairs? Yeah. We can. So, yeah, we do. Okay. If we can find it. So, where do we go? We go to the foundations of stone. So, that's kind of basically the foundation of the mountain. So, we're... Okay, we're is going it, deeper and deeper. Is it deeper. this way, Inga? Oh. Uh, or is that the wrong oh. direction? Can't we just jump down here and uh, I, see uh, if we survive? Oh no, wait a minute, there's lava. <laughs> that was probably something that my goat will not survive. So there's, we should, should be a left somewhere. Okay, I'm just following the elves because of course uh, they uh, never yeah, err. There it is. Alright. So you go back to my direction and then there's a... At the end, is the, at the left. There's the entrance, so let me go back. Yes, I ha I can see you. Okay. Lead the way. So we go a little bit down and then to the left. 
I love the music here. Oh, I remember this. This is where the spiders are, right? Yeah, all kinds of nasty infected. Huge, huge spiders in the... The walls of this part of the cave uh, emit this very eerie purple light and uh, the eggs have put all sorts of nests and, and uh, luminescent eggs here. It's all, all fungus. Oh, these are fungi. Okay, I thought these were spider eggs or something. Like in caves, you sometimes find that glowing fungus. Ugh. It must smell uh. very nasty. Okay. Left, right. Oh, I can see the first spiders. I hate spiders. And actually, the ceiling and the walls are draped in spider web, cobwebs and spider webs. Yeah, I have to say, this is not my favorite part of Moria. <laughs> we just jump, jump down. You can just jump down. This is a, yes, and this is another uh, very hard area to navigate. It is. Yeah, it has a gazillion levels as well. So. Fortunately, usually you don't have to do that many quests here, or you can skip them. And uh, I'm usually much in favor of skipping. Even the 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 orcs or the. I don't know what these creatures are, but they seem mutated, and they've got horns and everything, and look very different from yeah, that's, regular orcs. Yeah, those are orcs. Really orcs. Those are uh, what's what's called ancient evil. So, basically, kind of minions or, or abominations. Uh, oh. Let me see. Wow. I don't like this place. <laughs> oh, I do remember this. I do remember this area. Slope Looking is for a lake. Following up again. You. So this ancient evil is that evil from like the beginning of Middle Earth, or how did evil? Yeah. How that, did evil it, come into this, this is, world? This is evil. Well, the Balrogs um, came from um, from Morgoth's uh, from Morgoth's realm in the first stage, and, and they. Uh, they escaped and came here, but there's other things that just um, were from the beginning of time, basically, from the beginning of Middle-earth and have, have been here basically forever in the deeps, mutating and um, uh. and hiding and, you know, waiting to, to snatch people and, and things like that. So that, that's what we're seeing down here. Oh, these monsters are just horribly mutated and, and just yeah. bulbous, cancerous creatures. Horrible. Yuck. And you can hear the so, sound of the... There's some kind of a like a green lake here that surrounds us with bubbling water and algae. Yeah, and if you algae. look across, across the lake, there's the stairs. Let me see. And look oh, at this interesting yes. guy here. The snarling overseer. Yeah, that's what I just called just the ancient. Oh yeah. Evil. It's it's just it's kind of got a goat head yeah, and a. He looks like a devil almost. Yeah, it's called a nameless um, in the game, so it's, it's just. Goodness. Yeah. He, he could be family of you know the monster in Alien. <laughs> he's he's got that he same kind of mouth and everything. Yuck. Yeah. I hope he doesn't like dwarves for breakfast. Yeah. So um, let's just, let's find the bridge shard first because we uh, the, we need to go to the other side of the lake. Uh, yes. To get to the to the endless stair. 
But this is just the, the yeah, what what's called the foundations of stone. So this is the very bottom of um, of Moria. Yeah, so literally. Basically, the here is the this is where the Balrog would have lived, and of course, that's evil, uh, pure evil. So the the whole uh, area so the, 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 is corrupted by it. I mean, that's also why you see the everything, uh, yeah, decaying. Yes. Ugh. Yes, and, and the dwarves with their, their endless delving just delve too deep into these lower layers and either disturbed the Balrog or, or released it. it. It may have been down here and trapped, but they did something to disturb it. And that was in the Third Age, actually. And, that, and that's when Moria was abandoned because the Balrog basically started destroying the, the dwarves and decimating the population, so they had to abandon it. So this oh. is the middle part of the bridge. I'm, I'm looking at the the water here uh, is um, fluorescent. It, it's got this yucky green color. Yes. And yeah, these these bottom layers or these bottom uh, levels of oh. Moria are flooded. Oh wow! The bridge shard. Here it is. And I'm looking up, and I cannot even see the the endless stair. See what? What am I looking at? I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I am, but I'm so we're, we're, so we're on this patch of land. I'm not even sure if this is if this is Earth or whether it's organic, and uh, we're surrounded by this green fluorescent water. What's that sound? Um, basically, Ew. some some local <laughs> wildlife, the so, local choir. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a little island in the middle of this. And, and this would be the fluorescent algae that's lighting up this pond. Yeah. The endless stair is is not too far from here, okay. although it's hard to get to from here. Yeah. There's there's a little. Stepping on my goat again. Ha we have to swim, I think, to get to. Yeah, it, you have to we? swim, and really? then there's a, a little pa patch where you can get up. It's very dark here. So. I'm just following the elf. Swimming through this yucky, stinky water. Uh, I can see a bit of light on the other side, so that might be where we have to uh, get. I see a landing or a place where we yeah. can um, can go up the land again. It's scary to swim in this water because you never know what how deep it is and what lives. What lives in here? What yeah. What lives in it? Yeah, you just wonder what could come up and bite you at any. I, I've got a trauma from that. Um, you know the the lake on the west side of the, of the entrance of Tumoria, with that tentacled monster monster, the the gatekeeper, or what was it? Oh, the watcher what? in the, the water. The watcher in the water. Now that's that's also probably one of these ancient evil things that probably. was disturbed. Yes. And 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 that animal, or whatever it was, that creature was awakened. Just by some dwarfs throwing stones in the water, we're actually swimming in the water. So, who uh, knows what we are awakening? <laughs> One of the hobbits doing that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was Pippin. Right. That was. Of course, that was, was throwing rocks. Of course, it was Pippin. Pippin's the one who always gets in trouble. <laughs> so we're out of the water and now began in this very yucky, purplish area with lots of fungi and hopefully not too many spiders 
Yeah, so what we just need to do is just follow the path and uh, run around the lake, and then we come to the endless terror. Okay, I'm just gonna use my goat for that. I'm, I've got short legs here. I'm getting tired of running. <laughs> Let me get my goat as well. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a big spider here. And norbogs, some kind of, I don't know, turtles or no idea uh, what those are. It's kind of bad, uh, big bad bugs. Yes. But everything is just huge over here. So we go straight on here. Eerie mist. Oh yeah, look at that. The ground is covered in um, translucent this way. Translucent mist. And one of another one of your friends. This really um is, is very reminiscent of the the big spaceship in Aliens, uh, or in, in the first Alien movie, where, where all these uh, eggs are uh, also surrounded Ooh, by look mist. look at this troll. This troll. It, the troll almost looks like the, the fungus. Ugh. Yuck. And these are, these are actually eggs. Do you see that? There are eggs there, and I suppose there are probably... We're surrounded by some kind of breeding chambers. Oh, boy, <laughs> this is so... It's pretty nasty. Awful. You've so. discovered the endless stair. Here we are. This is the foot of the stair. <gasps> a huge dwarf here uh, with a hammer in his hands. And this is where the stairs actually spiral up. So that's the very bottom of it. Shall we go up and see how far we can go? Yeah, not, not yeah. very far, actually. I don't, I don't mind. Well, let's see. And we're, we're going up and up, and we're also approaching the end of the episode, so I just want to see how far we can get. So what was the purpose of these, these endless stairs? Uh, to get from the lowest part to the highest part. Okay. That makes, <laughs> makes sense. Very simple. <laughs> but, it, but it was created by the dwarves, I suppose. Well, the top came out um, at the top of, um, oh, the mountain. Shield? The mountain, yes. Yeah, and I think so we can close. actually get to that, Inga. Perhaps the ep next episode we can try to get there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, there's not much to see, actually, there. No, Besides it's... a lot of snow and... It's destroyed. Well, it's, it's like the top it, of it Mount Everest. You know, fight, it, it doesn't matter if there's nothing to see. As long as you get up there. I think I'm stuck here. <laughs> the, the staircase actually Are you at ends. The end? I think I am. Yeah. It, it was destroyed in the fight between Gandalf and the Balrog. <sighs> you should have paid more attention. <laughs> wow. Now, I wish I had. Beautiful. I wish I had wings. Uh, from here, the, the view of the lake, even though I hate this lake, but it's, it's quite, it's quite a, a sight. And everything is purple down below. Uh, I can see one Gives purple haze a new meaning yeah white white crystal in the distance down below well this must be the place where we say goodbye to our listeners and uh, let me get off my of my goat here just to be polite I want to thank you for uh, accompanying us through the depths of the mines of Moria and of course we will be uh, continuing our travels through Middle Earth in a future episode so please stay tuned also want to extend a warm welcome to our new listeners we've actually uh, grown our audience quite considerably it's 
probably because we had such a big hiatus between the last show and uh, and this one and so our, uh, many new listeners have been waiting with bathed bread bathed how do you say that breath. Breath. bated breath breath bated breath for this episode and i hope you enjoyed it uh, of course Middle Earth is vast, it's huge, and there's so much more to explore. Um, I don't know if the next episode we will still be in Moria or in some other part of Middle Earth, but you, I guess you'll have to tune in to find out. In the meantime, you can go to sqpn.com for uh, all our other shows, and uh, especially, of course, The Secrets of Hobbit, the show that I mentioned before. That is a show that you need to listen to if you're a fan of Tolkien and if you want to know more about the upcoming two Hobbit movies. Um, we uh, we really go over all the details and all the little tidbits that uh, come to us from uh, from New Zealand, aka Middle Earth. Um, this episode was brought to you by our friends at Bluehost. It's a great hosting service. Just six ninety five per month will give you a .dot com domain name and unlimited space transfer, uh, um, storage space, and um, and bandwidth. It's a, it's a great service. Uh, we, we use it ourselves as well. Um, just go to sqpn.com, click on the Bluehost banner, and by the Amazon store. And this episode is also brought to you by the friends of SQPN. And you can become a friend of SQPN as well by signing up for a monthly donation. This is um, helping us to continue uh, our, our shows and also to create new shows and to expand our, our reach and our audiences. So if you like what we do, if you want to support us on a monthly basis, just go to, um, let's see, middleearth.sqpn.com or just to the main website, sqpn.com. And on the right-hand side in the menu, you will find uh, more information about how you can become a friend of SQPN. And there will be perks and there will be presents for friends of SQPN. So um, there are still some, some goodies in the future uh, waiting for you so uh, more information about that we're in the middle of our fun drive right now all that information can be found on sqpn.com well thank you Inga thank you Laura for joining me today and hope to see you soon on uh, back in Middle Earth and with that let me play the ending to our show and I had a nice tune for that and I hope my computer wants to uh, actually help me out here. There you go. I think I'm supposed to talk over this, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, if you're a new listener, um, go to iTunes and or go to the website and you can f- listen to all our previous episodes as well. So if you missed our travels through Bree or the Shire... I regret to announce this is the end. Just check it out there. I'm going now. I bid you all a very fond farewell. Goodbye. And that was the end. SQPN. Leading the way in Catholic new media.